You are about to enter the create unknown, and hopefully you come out of this a little bit stupider, which will actually make you smarter. If you saw the most recent Vsauce 2 video, you know exactly what I mean. So make sure to follow us over at patreon.com slash thecreateunknown. It's free to follow. We're almost done with a new website, and we have some non-podcast content on the way. Don't forget that 100% of Patreon goes to producing this show and back into the TCU community, except for what Kevin spends on old Sony Discman. Listen to the whole episode to find out why. Patreon.com slash thecreateunknown. The link's in the description. Hey, welcome to the Create Unknown. I am Kevin Lieber. With me, as always, is Matthew Tabor. Matthew Tabor, tell me something. We are in a time in which heroes emerge, unexpected heroes, very much like the way Bilbo Baggins or sorry, emerges in The Hobbit and Frodo emerges in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Would you agree that, that we're in one of those periods of human history? Yeah, it's very archetypal. I think... That we need, yes, unsung and hidden heroes to step up and save the day. That's why I want to tell you about a group of heroes in the United Kingdom. Uh, The people behind the fetish website MedFet UK have donated all of their medical equipment that they use for making fetish videos with medical themes to the United Kingdom's National Health Service. They have this stockpile of things like gowns used in their pornography videos, masks, all of this, and they've put it all together to help save lives. Okay, well, first of all, I hope that they sanitized it thoroughly, (laughs) like very, very thoroughly in like one of those decontamination chambers that you see in like space movies. Um, Secondly, how much... Of this could there possibly be? Like, I'm not trying to undersell this, but do they really have, like, that much equipment? No, they don't. And they said that they didn't. They said that they don't keep a whole lot on hand. I mean, I I think it's the same as any other production's prop room and wardrobe, you know, stockpiles. So you don't need very much. And with things like scrubs and all of that, um, you know, you're going to have a couple sets. But they received a request from the NHS that, it was uh, sounded to me like a very broad one that went out to all sorts of businesses, basically saying, if you have anything useful for us, we'd love to take it. And uh, they they responded to that with the little bit that they had. So MedFet UK, which is not a sponsor of the Create Unknown, uh, <laughs> despite being highlighted here, <laughs> have risen Thank to the occasion. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, yes. Eagle brand. Don't worry. Can, can st- <laughs> yeah, you're not being usurped here. But <laughs> no. hopefully, they can still, you know, make some sort of content without the uh, the nurse uniforms. Although <laughs> <laughs> I think they still have some options, you know, available well, to them. 
they could switch to things like uh, psychiatry, psychology, counseling. I mean, nobody has a uniform for a therapy session, do they? No, you just need like a Chase Lounge and a, a Sigmund Freud beard. Yes. A little note. Yeah, so that, that'll be interesting to see if they have to make a strategic shift to different kinds of medical services to, to fulfill the demands of their customer base. Yes, which may or may not be increasing. And that's definitely the, the topic of today's episode is what is going on online? Where is everybody? Matt, where, where is everybody? Because I don't know. I don't, I don't have know. the answer. What is everybody doing right now? Well, I know where they are. They're generally at home. Okay? okay. We know that. And that's what makes this so puzzling. Because we know they're stuck at home just like we pretty much are. But we don't know what they're doing. What are you doing? If you're listening to this show, what are you doing with your time? What am I doing with my time is uh, I'm just doing the same thing we've always been doing. Although I think we're actually doing a little bit more. You know, we've been doing a live stream. Yeah. Pretty much every week, we just had um, a live stream on Thursday where we tier-ranked Smash Brothers characters, <laughs> which was definitely oh. interesting because you didn't know uh, about 80% of them. I didn't know many, many of them because I'm not a Smash person. So when it came to like Fire Emblem characters, I just called them all Marth. <laughs> I had no idea <laughs> how to discern one from the other, even though I've played a lot of the Fire Emblem games and I like those. But um, we did tier... Uh, or we did crown Isabel as the champion, which was a surprise yes. to me going into it. But Isabel, Isabel was the overwhelming favorite. But so we Isabel was the people's champion by vote. Yes, and and I do want to say that I I was so clueless about this. I tagged in Mora for maybe twenty minutes to. I mean, look, if I have absolutely nothing to offer, I can grab anybody in the world and sit them down in this chair, and they're at least. They're, they're, it's not possible that they're going to be less useful than me on this topic. <laughs> I think uh, I think she tier ranks somebody just based upon liking their cape. <laughs> Which I yes, think, yes. Some, uh, uh, was say. it Ness? Ness went to A tier just on the most arbitrary thing? Yeah, something like that. She liked the... Um, yeah, I think she liked Ness because the baseball bat and he reminded her of Smalls from... Um, oh, the Sandlot. From yeah. Sandlot. Yeah. Yeah. But that was good. So we had some expert rankings and then we had some fairly arbitrary rankings, but it was good to, it was actually really cool because so many people have played the game. We sometimes knew, you obviously knew a lot more than I did, but we sometimes knew a little bit about it. But somebody in the chat always knew. I mean, the amount of people who must play Smash is, or Smash Brothers is huge. Uh, it, it was, it was pretty cool to pop somebody up and then see, see the live chat explode with with opinions on uh, the gameplay in Smash for that character, the significance of lore. You know, if it was a Donkey Kong type, you know, you've got almost 40 years, I guess, of of outside factors to consider. So it, it was actually really pretty interesting and cool to follow along with. Well, and that's just kind of like one of the things that we've been doing to try to interact with more of, of our community. But I have this weird sense that a lot of communities are just silent right now. I mean, Twitter seems almost completely dead silent. There are not a lot it's of YouTube down, creators yeah. whom I follow that seem to be working on videos or at least releasing videos. 
right now? I mean, you mentioned a lot of people play Smash. I know that a lot of people are playing Animal Crossing right now because that just came out re within the last what week or two. But yeah, yep. I mean, that's still going to be a small portion of people. And I've seen a lot of bread being baked, but like, how long does it take you to, right. to bake bread and how much bread can you make? So like, what is everybody doing? I kind of don't know. Um, you mentioned how things are pretty normal for you and you've actually ramped up, you know, not, not even just uh, podcast related things and spending more time doing live streams and all of that. But uh, you've got, let's see, I'm, I'm thinking of the math on this. Yeah, by the time this uh, podcast comes out, you'll have a new video out, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, is it going to be the longest one ever? If not, it's really close. It's, it will be close. It'll be up there. Yeah. I mean, I think the script was close to 2,000 words. Um, yeah. You know, I've also Which been... Which is like 30% more, if if not higher, than than most. I mean, the general rule, by the way, on, on that kind of thing, like it's pretty pretty close that about a hundred words of scripted material is going to turn into about uh, one minute of video. And I, I, I think that's, that's a pretty solid rule of thumb. So when you look at 2000 words, you're like, well, it's going to be 20 minutes depending on any demos and this and that. So that's a huge, that's a huge video for a channel like Vsauce too. And I think it's, it really was possible because a lot of other things have slowed down for the last few weeks and there's just more time to dive deeper into a topic. Oh, that definitely is the case because I remember, you know, you and I talking a couple of weeks ago about putting this video out and there just seemed to be like, well, why rush it kind of thing? You know, there's always kind of like yeah. more to learn. There's more research. There are more angles to take on it. So why not like take take the time, take this time ever, you know, we have the time, <laughs> not much else is, right. is not much else is happening. That's going to come suddenly like into our laps from the outside, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean that uh, when, when life is normal and everybody's doing things that can happen at any moment, you get an email and all of a sudden you drop everything because this opportunity has arisen and that requires a lot of our attention that's not going on right now there's nothing coming nope. in from anywhere <laughs> really nope there are no gonna uh, there are not going to be any big surprises there's no there's no phone call that says can you make a spaghetti chair in italy in seven days from when i hang up the phone that's not happening right now no um the notice on um, going to Armenia when I did that, how many, how long was that? That was like five days or some crazy thing. Yeah. Um, even, uh, like a sponsor deal that might pop at the end of the month is not popping right now. You know, it's when the 20th of the month hits and they're like, Oh, Oh, we've got this opportunity, but it's got to be done by the 31st. That's not happening right now at all. And this video that's coming out is is a soft reflection of that because in normal times i think it would have been half that length you know it would have been not not necessarily a quick and dirty treatment of the topic but it it would have not gone down a few rabbit holes that we had the time to go down that's absolutely true so you know ultimately hopefully the content is better and people get more out of it for sure but 
the fact is it also took longer. So it was a longer gestation period of me also not putting anything out. So I'm also yeah. a part of this problem, I guess, that we're trying to detail where we're saying like, why isn't anybody making anything? And it's like, well, Vsauce 2 hasn't put anything out in a while because we've just delayed, not not due to anything other than just working on it more, but we've delayed yeah. the release of this video. Um, when you talk about ramping up, I also put together a playlist for YouTube learning because- Oh, that's right. Yeah. And that was another thing that I've done uh, lately during this time was that, you know, the YouTube learning channel- is putting together these playlists while people are home so they can educate themselves and find it easier uh, to to do so. And I put it put together a playlist of just of some of my favorite probability videos, you know, for YouTube and and hopefully people um, will enjoy that. But you know, that's another thing that I've just been trying to do everything that I can at least during this time to be as productive as possible. But mm -hmm. it still raises the question to me what what are other people doing with their time and I don't know well Ben W who does some producing on this show has some answers for us some quantifiable uh, quantifiable insights some real data about how people are spending their time and some of it's not surprising some of it is uh, there are winners and there are losers let's start with the losers Kevin you are a loser um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> in one way and you're a winner in another. So you've lost because podcasts are getting slammed. Okay. They're getting slammed big time. Um, it's the actual, it's tough to, it's really tough to get accurate data on this kind of thing because you're talking about shows that vary in viewership tremendously. Okay. Um, with YouTube is like this, podcasts are like this, everything is. So everything is kind of a, a guess. And we have to trust uh, the aggregate data that comes from uh, the places that that track on a on a meta level. And it looked like podcast viewership was down 30 to 40 percent or listenership rather 30 to 40 percent a couple weeks ago. I don't know how recent that data was. I don't think it was up to the day. I think it was probably delayed by two weeks, but that's a massive, massive hit. Um, we have, we've taken a mild hit, uh, but, but kind of not, which is awesome. It's a, it's a huge testament to uh, the creative audience still wanting to do their thing. But most podcasts, you know, if you've got some crime podcast, uh, you've probably, Probably dipped. Um, and you'd think with all this extra time, why wouldn't you listen more? You know, I think we talked about this in the last episode or live stream about how things like commutes are gone. The, the time when you're listening to a podcast has been removed from your life uh, for, for many people. So that's going to be a dip. But the things that, that fit with home isolation are varying kind of widely. Uh, Snapchat has about a 50% increase in video calls. So that's pretty significant. Total internet activity, uh, hits on websites and things like that, appears to be up about 60%. This is all actually less than, than I expected. Um, streaming is across the board. Are you streaming more than you used to? No, I don't think so. I don't think I'm streaming anymore. It, th that's the weird thing. And I guess why this is confusing to me and 
and I'm an outlier and I'm weird and that's why um like I'm not I'm not saying that I'm confused cuz I don't I just don't understand the difference between a normal person's life and and mine because I only know my <laughs> own experience, okay? My own experience is almost exactly the same right now. You know, okay. I work on stuff. I work on the curiosity box, I work on Vsauce 2, I work on the create unknown. And then to decompress, I play video games, spend time with my wife, and will occasionally watch, you know, something streaming. It is exactly the same. You know, the only thing that's a little bit different is we've been live streaming more just because I've been wanting to, you know, hang out with the the TC Universe people more than, and, and have had that extra time, I guess, uh, just because there haven't been uh, surprises, like we mentioned earlier, coming in that have required my attention. But, for- but we also planned on doing that before the virus. Like we had we decided in January or something like that, uh, that that we just wanted to do more live streams. So it's not like that's a pure reaction to to all of this. You know, that factors in. We were like, OK, yeah, we definitely have to kick this into gear a little sooner than we thought and do more of it uh, because we have some extra time. They have some extra time and we want to do this. Um, but but, it, you know, it wasn't a. Uh, kind of like COVID response plan. No, but I think that the nature of of the what's happening right now has allowed that to to happen more frequently than I thought. You know, I thought for sure we would have yeah. we would be able to do one live stream a month. I, I think we've done a live stream every yep. week almost for like the last three weeks. Like we've been doing that a lot and crushing yeah. it and having a lot of fun with it. I really like doing it. So mm-hmm. thanks to everybody who has come to those, and and I hope that. Uh, you know, more of you listeners will join us for the next one. But mm-hmm. I, I just have like a kind of a, a meta question, I guess, about how people use the Internet. OK. OK. Is it and maybe it's not just the Internet. Maybe it's entertainment in general. But do people use entertainment like are we learning that people use entertainment like YouTube as a distraction or like a decompression mechanism from the routine of their life. So like you're at work nine to five, you come home, you do YouTube for an hour, you eat dinner, whatever. With this disruption of not having that routine, do you cut out that element? Because I see. Yeah. Like I'm saying, like is, is that type of thing cut out now because you're like, well, I don't really care. There's so much uncertainty in the world. The last thing I want to do is sit around and watch some, you know, commentary video about some frivolous YouTube drama. Like, does it make YouTube seem less important is, I guess, my question. I wish we had better, better data on this stuff because I, my sense immediately is that there are a couple different groups of people with this, and there are a few who, who are jumping more into things like YouTube, and others that are pulling away for the reasons that that you're talking about. That it just doesn't fit anymore. So other people, uh, you know, are cutting back for the same reasons or same impetus that other that a different group. Why well, I mangled that? Uh, that a different group is doubling down on. You know, and YouTube specifically is pretty interesting because uh, Ben and I were looking at at the different streaming uh, stats, you know, the, the options there from Netflix to YouTube, Hulu and Amazon. And there's a lot of variation there. 
Now, this data is not great to me because it's about two weeks old, which is kind of the best we can do on this. And it's also worldwide. And we've seen such radical uh, differences in responses to this. So even in the U.S., some places went on full lockdown way before others. Some countries have jumped into that game, you know, more quickly than others. So uh, it's not apples to apples. But uh, looking at YouTube, it's actually increased, I think, percentage-wise. Minutes on YouTube is has increased less than most of the others. It's about 25%. Um, that's, that's really significant. That's a huge boost. But when you look at something like Netflix, it's more like 60% increase. Um, Hulu is about 50%. Uh, Amazon, which I guess is, is Prime and also their pay-to-play stuff, is 40%. You know, and I think that speaks to places like Netflix being able to offer you 10 hours of something. You can binge whatever and just take a huge block of time out. YouTube doesn't do that. It's, you know, 10 minutes at a time or whatever. So that's that's a really interesting phenomenon too. And I think it's tough to speak about why any of these numbers are what they are without or in doing it with such broad a brush that that like it applies to everybody. I think there are a lot of different types of people responding in a lot of different types of ways. Yeah, the what I think that is really interesting and I and I, I think it makes a lot of sense actually. The fact that everything has slowed down so your appetite for your entertainment has kind of slowed down, meaning like rather than being engaged in all of these kind of like frenetically changing things on YouTube, you'd rather just put on the office and let that run all day, I guess. Yeah. You know, and obviously with everything slowing down and people being stuck at home, there also is just kind of like this natural lull in things not happening for those people. Meaning like, <laughs> like Casey Neistat, for example, is not going to go out and create some like the next great vlog of him who knows, you know, doing some crazy thing on the Santa Monica Pier or something. It's like, well, that's closed. Yeah. <laughs> no one is, he can't leave his house. So right. it's limiting the options of all creators as to what type of content they even make. I mean, any sort of vloggers who are used to going out in public and creating their content, uh, well, that's not a thing anymore. So now what? I was talking, I was talking late last night on WhatsApp with, uh, with one of the guys from, uh, changer the um, uh, the Australian outfit we've mentioned before they have the creator generation podcast and we were just talking generally about this stuff and uh, and Fred pointed out that you know travel bloggers are kind of having to rethink things at the moment and I thought <laughs> like I hadn't considered how devastating it must be when everything is about leaving and then you can't leave uh, there's only probably so much content that you can go through, uh, I mean, there is a bunch of stuff that you can do from, from your house, but uh, what do you do about the big stuff? And what do you do when you don't even have a clue when you're going to be able to resume and how you're going to be able to do it? You know, people are doing crazy stuff. I don't know if you heard this beep about two minutes ago, but it was my mom texting me and she said she called Ace Hardware. 
if you're not in the U.S., it's a just a national hardware chain. And she said, I called Ace yesterday to ask a paint question, and they told me they sold 128 gallons of paint on Saturday. So that doesn't sound like a lot, but you've got to understand that the town that they live in has a single traffic light and like 2,000 people. So 128 gallons of paint in one day is is absolutely insane, but it shows you how many people are like, hey, I'm home, now's the time to, you know, repaint everything because what else am I going to do? Well, that's why I made the joke yesterday that I, and it wasn't a joke, that I cleaned my garbage can. I think I think I was on the phone with you actually, <laughs> and while I was on the phone with you, I was just kind of. Oh, that was the noise. Eh, probably, yeah. I like to pace when I'm on the phone. I always pace. <laughs> I can't. I cannot sit still when I'm on the phone. So, uh, you know, we were talking for a bit, and uh, yeah, I was walking around the kitchen, and I looked at the garbage can, and I was like, "This thing is filthy. I should clean this," and I did while we were talking, and now it's really clean. But I've been doing that a lot. <laughs> it's just kind of like looking around and seeing like, hey, there's something that, you know, needs to be organized or cleaned that has been going ignored for a thousand other reasons for the last couple of months. I've thought about doing the ultimate book book project, you know, what stays, what goes and with what's left, how does it get organized? And that's. That's a really tough thing for me because a lot of people accumulate books, right? Like that's not weird at all, but I have accumulations that are on topics and, you know, so for example, I have uh, two shelves that are just things that I'm going to use related to Vsauce 2. Um, I have a small shelf that's just marketing things and it, it, you know, I have probably the best book on creating and marketing fashion. I have what's definitely the best book on marketing food from small home kitchens. Um, you know, it's it's not just like a bunch of novels and I look at it and say, yeah, I want to read this again or no, I don't want to. Uh, because of that, looking at each book really takes a lot of time to figure out if I'm going to use this, how I'm going to use it, and if there's a better option where I should go. So that's something I put off forever because it would take me a very, very long time given the volume that I've got. And yeah, this last week, I'm like, you know what? It's book time. I've been putting this off for eight years, but now's the time. So I get this this big project DIY kind of kind of wave that's going through. Um, but you know, Ben also, uh, snagged a thing just before we started recording about, about TV stats. And this is extremely interesting. So we talked about a lot of the streaming stuff being up 40, 50, 60%, whatever. It looks like network television, uh, at least in the U S is up about 60%. That is tremendous. And to put that in to perspective, uh, when Hurricane Harvey hit Texas uh, a while ago, I forget how long ago that was. We have so many Texas people in the Discord and who listen to this show, they'll know. Uh, but that was a big deal in Texas, right? 
not quite Katrina level, but uh, very, very significant. Uh, TV time went up 56% then. Um, after a major, major storm that shut down New York City for days, the New York City market boosted in TV by about 45%. So it's really on TV consumption is really tracking the same way as like literal crisis times that, that we've had before. There's a lot of, there's a lot of news being watched right now. It seems. Well, I think that people are looking for answers. So it makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, especially with this even more so than something like a natural disaster is that people don't really know what to do and what they should be doing really seems to change every single day. And I don't think that's it does. That's yeah. anybody's fault. I think that it's just this is such a new thing and there's so much uncertainty around, you know, how is this thing transmitted? How is it not transmitted? How long does it last on cardboard when you receive packages, when you go to the shopping uh, center, when you go grocery shopping? Should you like wipe down all of the boxes and all of the food when you get home with you know Lysol wipes? Does that help? I don't know. Nobody knows. And, you <laughs> right. know, should you wear a mask? Okay, what kind of mask and for how long? And can you wash it? Or how do you wash it? Or do you just throw it away? You know, it's like... It's so crazy, and it is so quickly evolving that it makes a lot of sense to me that people are just looking for answers every single day. And government officials are having press conferences every single day um, with different people talking and different people giving their updates. And that's all that's going on on TV, by the way. Everything else is reruns. It, they're even rerunning old sports events, like old – I think – Yesterday, I was flipping through, and it was like every sports channel and even some of the networks were just showing old NBA Finals games. It was like the Boston Celtics uh. versus the Lakers in 2012 and the Spurs and whatever, which is creepy to me. Like, I first it's thought of weird, it as it? really cool, and then and then I immediately was like, this is actually super creepy and literally uh, straight out of a post-apocalyptic movie where you somehow still have television, but everybody's sitting around being like, Hey, remember when there were sports? <laughs> it's got a weirdly depressing element, doesn't it? I, I it's a, it's a reminder so. of how it's impossible to show people playing basketball live. <laughs> like, can't there's this that. undercurrent yeah there's this undercurrent that's like hey you're looking at the old thing which was really good it's a classic that's why we're showing uh you know the 96 nba finals um but by the way there's nobody playing basketball right now with anybody watching there might be some people shooting hoops in their driveway with the other ones that they're in quarantine with and exposed with so i'm sure there are a lot of ruckus games of, of horse among siblings right now. Uh, but that is the extent of competitive basketball in the United States. Uh, they, they might as well just run that banner across everything old. Yeah. And that's, what's depressing about it is it's just like, ah, the good old days when people could gather together and watch other people competitively, uh, competitively, <laughs> play this this game this game that we really like watching people play but that's all that's all gone now and 
The the other thing I wanted to bring up when I have been thinking about this is I remember at the beginning of the quarantine stuff, there were a lot of tweets and a lot of people talking about like, oh, all of like the the next great discoveries or like the next great art will come out of this because did you know that um, and I, I don't remember the stories off the top of my head because it's been a couple of weeks, but there'd be stories that were like, oh, uh, Albert Einstein, uh, you know, was quarantined when he discovered, uh, you know, the theory of relativity. So maybe like the next great discovery will come out of this. And you and I talked about like, you know, if you ever wanted to start a YouTube channel and like you have all the time in the world to do it. Why aren't you doing it now? Or like, why aren't you working on the the next great American novel that you've always said you wanted to work on? And right. I, I think because people have so much uncertainty in their lives that working on stuff like that is actually really is harder almost than it is when you're like fully locked in and engaged in in the world. I'm torn on this because I think you're I think you're right about it, um, about some people responding with kind of a, a challenge accepted attitude and realizing that some of these elements can be an asset as opposed to a shutdown liability. But then I see a tweet like uh, JK Rowling, Harry Potter-ish woman. Uh, she put a tweet out pretty much saying like, Hey, it's okay to do nothing. Uh, don't feel any pressure because sometimes just getting through something is good enough. And there's truth in that. Uh, she's done a few tweets on it where somebody talked about reading a book a day and then she's like, Hey, you know, if that's not you, don't, don't read a book a day. Like my husband is a slow reader and, and just take it easy and, and, uh, survive this stuff. Uh, I get that point of view to some degree too. Um, I'm seeing massive variation with with the YouTubers that I know. First of all, first of all, it's we're hitting a point now where people who we follow regularly and in some terms know have started to get sick. You know, we we talked about uh, the twoon on the uh, are real YouTubers do they do everything? You know, he he made the tweet that spurred that whole discussion. He actually was the first person I saw who had gotten sick and. Uh, you know, took about two weeks and he came out the other side and was pretty good. Then we see uh, FPS Diesel was was next, right? Mm -hmm. That was about a week ago. And he kind of tweeted uh, uh, the difficulties of that. We just saw a video yesterday, I think it was released, that William Osman and Caretaker uh, are now, you know, in the mix of this stuff. I feel like it's weird. It's like... Uh, did you ever watch the Hunger Games movies? You uh, know when? Yeah. Yeah. You know when, uh, uh, like at the end of each day of the competition, they shoot like the fireworks in the sky that show the people that have been in that case, you know, <laughs> like didn't make it through the day. Um, but I almost feel like that with creatives where it's like uh, at the end of the day, I, there are like three or four new people who are either sick or dealing with somebody who is or have kind of given up on doing something right now because they've lost the motivation and the number of people who are pulling back for one of those reasons seems to outnumber the ones who are really taking advantage of this. So I think, 
I think there's a motivation problem, you know, when it's, look, if you're sick, that's a different thing. Or if you're caring for somebody who is, but generally I think there's a motivation problem here. I, I do too. I think when it just feels like what, what's going on and people are confused, they don't have that motivation to work on stuff. That, at least that's kind of the feeling that I get. Um, is And it's fascinating to me. It really is fascinating to me to think about because I never would have thought about things this way. But it really just kind of seems like... You know, look, we did the, I did a video on this, on the scapegoat mechanism a few years ago now. And part of my research for that had to do with human beings being mimetic, meaning like we copy each other. We just do. Like that's how we survive. That's how we learn. That's how we survive. That's how we evolved is that we copy each other. Like, for instance, I remember making the point in that video that's like, the reason that you speak the native language that you speak is because you copied that from your parents. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like human beings, a human being in um, Alaska who's never met anybody that's Japanese doesn't all of a sudden speak Japanese. They can't. They don't know how to. Like, it's like not. That's not a thing. It's not. In With born. the appropriate accent as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, we copy each other. And it's clear, it's, well, it's not clear to me now, but I'm starting to think, or at least like hypothesize that when other people aren't able to be engaged and other people aren't being productive and other parent people aren't, I don't know, just like you don't see them working on stuff, then you feel like, well, then why am I working on anything? Like if nobody else is doing anything, then what's the point? Does that make sense? What's the point? What's the yep, point? That's exactly that's exactly how I would describe the feeling that that I've been witnessing is what's the point? And in YouTube terms, um, something we didn't mention when we went through all the stats and stuff like that, ad revenue is down like thirty percent. Um, we talked about about things like sponsorships not popping right now. That further exacerbates the what the point? Uh, what's the point part? Because it's one thing when you're driven by some creative vision, whatever, and there are a bunch of people who are, and then there are others that, that, uh, define kind of the path on that and the pace of their execution based on what's going to keep their operation sustainable and running. And so this video that's coming out for you in a few days, um, there's nothing attached to that. It's not because you need AdSense or want any, any dollars there. It's just like, Hey, there's, uh, we had a lot of time to make some content. So here's some content because that's what I do. But when, when there's always a, a compelling reason like that to make stuff, it's easier to keep making stuff. And with all of those metrics down, I think, I think a lot of YouTubers are saying, uh, uh, what's the point? And I don't have an answer to what the point is right now. Why don't I wait and see how things play out and, and how I can respond to this properly? Uh, but this, this, what's the point thing goes more basic too. I mean, how many times have we talked in the last month really about how days are gone? Days don't matter anymore. Like there is no Tuesday there is like, yeah. there's, there's so little relevance to time on stuff. Um, 
I generally don't know what day it is because I do stuff every day and every day is kind of the same for me. But I have a sense of when I need to pay bills, you know, like one day a month is like a bill paying day. And uh, that is today for me. And it totally snuck up on me because I've had a month that's like every day is just a day. It's like caveman times. Uh, and that lack of, of structure and points of reference in your really your daily and weekly and hourly life, uh, it, it screws with you. It really messes with your workflow and your motivation to sit down and make a thing. It does. It does. It's very odd. It's very odd because yeah, it almost seems like you need other things to do that you don't want to do in order to do the things that you do want to do. Like, is that, is that a thing? But cause it seems like a thing. It almost seems like people need, uh, I don't know. Like they need to have to the go to class that they really don't want to go to. They need to go to this job that they really don't want to do, or they need to, you know, have some sort of burden that is really annoying. And man, I wish I didn't have this burden, but now that I took care of that for the day, now I get to do the thing that I really want to do. But now it's like, you don't have any of that stuff. And, 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 but so do you even want to do the thing that you really wanted to do before or not? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And this is such a foundational issue psychologically. Like this stretches into so many things, um, especially political theory and stuff like that, where, you know, we're seeing this play out too with different cities and states and countries' responses. Some people look at a very tightly controlled, heavily enforced lockdown and say, I don't like this because I'm essentially being told what to do and do not have any other option. But at the same time, I kind of like this between because I'm being told what to do and it's all very clear to me. So you get this weird paradox of, of comfort where the thing that that causes you discomfort can bring it. And I remember uh, talking to an older, older woman in um, Romania about this. I was talking to her about, uh, about getting food during probably the worst times of the Soviet Union. And, and she was telling me like, I hated standing in line at this one place for food. It would take three or four hours to get it. Um, but I loved knowing that I was going to get it. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Uh, it's, it's really strange to see how that plays out mentally. Um, it's it's just a foundational thing that permeates what we're seeing right now, whether it's uh, do I love the freedom that I've got to do anything? Do I shut down because I have that freedom? Is it better to have very serious stark confines that I operate in? Or does that make me feel worse? And I definitely mentioned this another time, but it's why a game like Minecraft is so popular with some demographics and not others. And it builds, the popularity of it builds over time. These open world sandbox, do whatever you want kind of games 
are a great fit for some people right off the bat. And others look at it. And I was one that that opened up Minecraft. And I'm like, I kind of hate being able to do whatever I want to do. Like, give me, give me, you know, one one in the original Mario. And I know that I have to run to the right and jump over some things and get to a flagpole in a certain amount of time. <laughs> right. Um, that's, that's, I, I don't want to say it's comforting, but like, that was cool to me. Um, uh, I waffle depends on the day. It depends on the issue on whether all of this stuff is a good thing, whether it's a bad thing, uh, whether it's going to motivate me to do something. Uh, I talked to you this morning about a big idea that I want to, that I want to execute, you know, and a month ago, I probably don't think of that or want to do it. Uh, there are other things that I'm really shut down on. I'm just not motivated to do them. So it's a mixed bag broadly, and I think it's a mixed bag individually. I think everybody is is kind of their own, has their own response to this stuff. Yeah, and it's 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 surprising. I, I it's definitely surprising to me in a lot of ways, and which is which is why I wanted to talk about it, but. Like, for instance, the idea of, like, you organizing your books with this time or me, like, cleaning things that I've been ignoring, right? It seems – or people buying tons and tons of paint so they like put a fresh coat on their bathroom walls or whatever. Yeah. That sounds like a good thing, right? I mean, if people yeah. if people aren't spending all their time on YouTube anymore and instead they're taking care of things that have gone – kind of ignored or have taken a back seat for a while or just spending more time with their family and playing board games or, you know, watching Netflix together instead of doing their own separate things, then I do hope that that's a good thing that uh, comes out of whatever it is that everybody's doing right now. But at the end of the day, I want to hear from our listeners, uh, honestly, like I'm not just saying that like oh we want to hear from you in like a generic way like i i literally <laughs> drop a comment <laughs> below like, yeah ring the bell below <laughs> and ring the bell uh like as some sort of robotic response to to content creation i genuinely want, I want to, to know. know too i want to know this stuff like i i did ask the discord today and um i did get some responses from people going hiking, playing Animal Crossing, that sort of thing. But, uh -huh. And I just see so much bread <laughs> being posted <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. So I know people are like brushing up on their baking skills right now. But but I want to know what everybody else is doing. Are you like cleaning out your garage? Like what's happening? Uh, Marco in the Discord, he's, uh, he's in Puerto Rico. Uh, I talked to him the other night about um, about making cheese. He wants to make some cheese uh, at this point, and I think that's a wise move. Um, we're being limited on milk, which sucks. He wanted to. He wants to make a gallon of turn a gallon of milk into one pound of mozzarella, which is quite easy to do. If anybody's interested, uh, it's really easy to do. But I can't go and buy like five gallons of milk right now. I think the limit is two, so that sucks. I don't know what it's like in, in Puerto Rico at the moment, but who knows what it's going to be like two weeks from now. Uh, maybe one gallon and it may be 10 and we don't have any idea how this stuff is going to play out. So I get, 
I get that everybody's responses are just all over the place. And, uh, you know, think about scrolling through Twitter. You see one tweet from an authoritative source that that says uh, things are better for the third day in a row in Italy and things are turning around there. And that would indicate that, you know, times are getting better and we're going to be back to normal soon. And then the next tweet also from a totally authoritative, uh, reputable source paints something grim as hell where it's like, you know, like you'd better have enough pasta to get through September. Uh, what do you do? What do you do? Uh, do you buckle down and write that novel that you may or may not be able to distribute to somebody until like 2022? <laughs> like, What's the point? You know? I don't know. I don't know. I think that everybody has to figure that out for themselves. And that's why this topic interests me and why I want to hear what people are doing with their time, because everybody's got every single Groundhog Day to themselves over and over and over again. So what is your Groundhog Day? I want to know. And, uh, that's a good way to put it. What happens in your Groundhog Day? That's the question, the specific question that I think people should answer is at, at least like what's one thing that's going to happen on your Groundhog Day? Let's hear and it. If, that's kind of an old movie, isn't it? Do we have to give a summary of what happens in that film for the fetuses out there? I Yeah, probably, probably. Yeah, yeah that's it's like a, that's a, like 1992. Kevin, that, that movie is like 30 years old. <laughs> Oh, gosh, it's such a classic, though. It, 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 it absolutely holds up. It's not one of those things where it's like it's it's I don't think at least that it's dated in any way. I no, think it that isn't. Anybody could watch it and still enjoy it. But the, the basic plot is that it stars Bill Murray. He just keeps repeating the same day over and 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 over again. He just keeps waking up on Groundhog Day. And repeating it, and um, there's no way out of it. He cannot get out. No, he can't get out of repeating the same exact day every single day he wakes up. And other than that, just watch it uh, yourself so you can find out what happens. But it's absolutely a classic comedy. But that is to some degree our lives right now, and it's to some degree your life. And we recognize, I think, uh, that. Like Kevin and I, we're really in the minority here in terms of our daily work being unaffected. Like I, I feel, I feel, I have to preface this every time somebody asks, you know, how are, th- how are things going? Like whatever. It sounds like I'm being really blase about it or almost, almost uh, bragging that no, everything's pretty normal and it's business as usual. I, that's it's true i mean the days are the pretty much the same and that's an incredible privilege that that i have and i think you have uh it's not a it feels jerky to say it <laughs> you know that like well what is it well no just working on the next vsauce 2 video recording a podcast uh doing whatever not worrying a whole lot about those adjustments but even so a significant portion of of the day is affected here. And a lot of people are in a groundhog day scenario. And maybe, 
maybe that's it. Maybe you've you're just repeating a day from January over and over, and that's that's cool, kind of like we are. Maybe you've developed a brand new routine, uh, and you're reliving the same day that's at least new for now. Who knows? But I hope I hope a few people tell us about this because it would be awesome to find out what these Groundhog Days are like. Yeah, tell us your Groundhog Day. That's our question to you, and uh, now I want to hit some questions from you. This is the perfect segue because Boromir, um, Boromir, Boromir asked, what thing do you normally do but you can't because of, at the time he said social distancing, uh, but now I'd say it's kind of, kind of full lockdown uh, that, that you really want to do the most right now. Uh, just, just. What do you miss, Kev Lieb? Uh, just eating, eating food from restaurants. <laughs> That's pretty much it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going out to eat. Everything is home cooked, and that's good. You know, um, it's not. It's like the the biggest first world uh, luxury problem ever to be like, oh, I can't have like my favorite food from my favorite local restaurant. Like, okay, <laughs> boohoo. There are a lot worse things. That you would have to, uh, people are giving up right now, a lot worse things. So I'm, I'm really yeah. not, I'm not complaining about that. I'm just answering the question. That's really the kind of the biggest thing that has changed for us. For me, it's probably shopping for food uh, in the way that I'm used to. So, for example, a couple times a year, I like to go to this auction that's. It has a lot of expired food and stuff like that and a lot of bulk food like like they they wheeled out at one point a shopping cart just full of hams and <laughs> that sounds disgusting <laughs> <laughs> and and you know you bid on you bid on the hams and then tell them how many you want whatever and i like i love that that process and it's it's uh, me sometimes i can drag uh, mora my brother loves to go so when we can go together that's awesome um, things like little Debbie snack cakes in boxes. That's cool. You can get as many of them as you want. Uh, they always have a supply. Um, I, I like going to that and I haven't been in a long time and I don't know when I'm going to be able to go again. Uh, that sucks. I have a routine where I look at the grocery store flyers for two different stores and then plan, first of all, whether I need to go for anything, whether I'm going to go at all which of the two stores I'll go to, or if there's a compelling reason, something is such a fantastic sale that I will end up going to both. Um, I do that on Thursday because that's when it arrives with those deals kicking in on Sunday. Um, I did not look at the grocery circulars last week, and it's the first time in probably seven or eight years that I have skipped a week. Oh my gosh. Not counting. That's a big yeah, deal. Yeah, not counting... It is not counting the time when I was out of the country or in, you know, another state or something. I obviously didn't look then, but when I'm home, yeah, I skipped. Yeah. It, it, like literally Obama was finishing up his first term the last time I skipped looking at, at grocery stuff. So that sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's disrupted your extreme couponing addiction. <laughs> <laughs> That's the saddest story yet. <laughs> yeah, so what I'm trying to say is life is really hard. Yeah. 
Oh God. Uh, so can't get, have... when you can't get your shopping cart hams, then, you know, things are bad. <laughs> <laughs> we have entered the apocalypse. So, <laughs> so Jeff Davis, uh, Jeff asks just now, if you won the lottery, what would your first purchase be? I like this. Oh, geez. Um, Oh, I, I feel like I always have the, the most boring answers to this because I I just want to, like, own my house. <laughs> so I'd pay off yeah. my house, you know, like I just want to be financially secure. I'm like the most boring um, person when it comes to, um, I don't know, like I don't want a sports car, you know, it's not like, oh, I would get a. I would buy that Porsche. It's like, uh, that's not interesting to me. My biggest obsession is like video games. And there are no real video games that are like, ah, I'd buy that, you know, $20,000 video game that I've always, I've <laughs> right, always the, wanted. The rare cartridge. Yeah. The, uh, the, what was it? The NES like champion world championship cartridge. I think I know that Pat, the NES oh, punk, yeah. has one. And that, that cart is worth like 20 grand or whatever, but. I don't need that. So um, uh, I guess if I have to buy something and it's not just like pay off mine and my family's debts, which is which is actually what I would do. Um, maybe art. Yeah. Maybe art like a like paintings, you know, um, maybe that's what I would do is like if I had to buy objects and not just like land and financial security, I had to like buy things. It probably would be yeah. art. Art is really expensive. Like original artwork, maybe commission original artwork. I absolutely love. Oh, that's a good idea. Art. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would want to do that to have kind of an incubator of sorts for a lot of creatives who I know do not have the resources to execute a project that's bigger than them or they need support to make it happen. Like I would love to do that. I would love to do that right now. Um, if I could, you know, and it doesn't take a lottery win to do that kind of thing, but it does take some, some money to, to risk. Uh, and you can tell from, if you're listening to Kevin's answer here, like this is when you can tell that your podcast hosts are old because when it's like, oh, if you won the lottery, what would you do? It re that answer reduces to like, well, I'd pay bills. <laughs> we are officially yeah. dead behind the eyes. <laughs> oh well, no, look, man, not necessarily because you you always see athletes like buy their mom a house, right? Like, True, and they're yeah. like 20, yep. 20 years old, and they get their first giant million dollar paycheck, and they immediately like take care of of their mom or. Or, or someone. So yeah. I, I think that's yeah. kind of like a natural, uh, that's a natural answer. It's, but it's not necessarily was, a fun answer. It's just kind of like you take care of your family. I was asked this question on a panel maybe a year ago. And, oh God, I don't even know. Maybe it was longer. Maybe it was shorter. I Time doesn't exist anymore. So it was in the past and that's the best I can do. And I answered honestly and I will never do it again. I'm going to do it here, I will say this here, but I will never give this answer in public. Um, my answer about a lottery win, the first thing t that I would do would be to buy a very big pack of white, of plain white t-shirts, like tagless Hanes. Uh, cause I, I wear the, I wear one every day and 
uh, they last a long time. And so I almost never get new ones, but I, when good things happen, when I, I come into a bunch of, you know, money for some reason, whether it's a big invoice coming in or whatever, my first impulse is like, Hey man, now it's time. Now it's time to get some new white t-shirts. And the people in that room thought that I was being goofy or like trying to trying too hard to say like, Hey, I'm a simple guy. Like I'd buy t-shirts. Um, and the reaction sucked. I will never tell that truth in public again. <laughs> how much, uh, <laughs> how much does, how much did white t-shirts cost? Like, uh, you do, do you get these like premium ones that are like 30 bucks each? Or like, what are we talking here? No, I actually bought, I recently bought, uh, 48 for $19 and I gave, I think, I think I gave 12 to my dad. I have another 12 of them set aside for traveling because if I go to an event or something like that, I want to wear a brand new one. And then I have 24 currently in reserve. Well, it's about six have been deployed. I've, I've thrown out some old ones. Um, deployed, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who talks about shirts this way? Uh, 12 have been deployed, uh, successfully. Um, look, dude, you could, you could, so, so it's, you could spend you could spend two hundred dollars on shirts and have them for the rest of your life. Like that's why that answer is weird. Probably you don't yeah. need a million dollars to buy white t-shirts. You need like two hundred for the rest of your life. I guess, I guess, but th- that's how I think about it. There's a f- kind of a fantastic one talking about good things. There's one thing I never want anything. I just don't. I, I just. I just have like no aspirations at all in life, but I thought it was cool. I was watching, uh, Pawn Stars and this guy brought in Ronnie Van Zant's hat, which was verified to be his. He was the lead singer of Leonard Skinner and he had a kind of distinctive black hat that he wore on stage a lot and they valued it at something like $5,000. And that blew me away because I was like, Wow. I I could have Ronnie Van Zant's hat for five thousand, like that would be amazing. Um, I if I had a frivolous splurge after winning the lottery, I think it would probably be that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Some sort of like hyper meaningful token or idol. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Let's uh let's hit a couple uh kind of rapid fire um. Oh, Monsieur Chinchilla wants to know, what is the weirdest dream you remember? This is absolutely, this is 100% you, Kavlib. Oh, okay. So first of all, I'll preface this by saying I rarely remember dreams. I don't know why. Uh, I'm just not a person who remembers their dreams a lot. The, I'll say the first dream, I might have said this before on the podcast, but there are a couple of things where in my life, I don't remember if they really happened or if they were a dream. One of them was what I think was a dream was when I was really young. And this is so boring, but I think everybody telling their dreams, that's kind of like a meme. It's like listening to other people's dreams is the most boring thing you can do. So (laughs) so here's my really boring dream. This is it. I was very, very young. I smelled like pancakes and I fell down the stairs. And that was all I remember. That's the dream? 
Well, that was it. And for some reason, yeah. I remember this my whole life, and it's so stupid. When you woke up, did you feel like it had actually happened? Oh, I don't know if this actually happened. Like it, I I'm, I'm assuming it's it was a dream. I don't think that I actually fell down the stairs, but maybe I did. I don't know. Huh. Yeah, who knows? Do uh, you do you remember in sixth grade, uh, the lockers that you had in homeroom when they were brown and they were about a cubic foot? Yeah. Do you remember this? So I had a dream on when I was in sixth grade that was on on a Saturday, which I, I remember that part distinctly because of the way this plays out. And the whole dream consisted of me leaving a sandwich in that locker. And that that was it. And it was so mundane that I thought it was completely real. And the whole weekend, I kind of stressed out about this. I mean, it wasn't active stress, but I was like, oh, God, this sandwich is going to rot and stink on Monday when I get into school and have to open up this locker. And I opened up the locker on Monday morning and there was no sandwich in it. And it threw me like it rocked me because I'm like, no, I definitely had I definitely had a sandwich in here. I've thought about it all weekend. And that's when it occurred to me that I'd had a dream so lame and so sucky that I could not distinguish it from reality. Yeah. Well, that that's freaky, man. And I think about that kind of stuff all the time. It's uh, weird. Not just with, with dreams, but with memories as well. I don't know. Like, oh, I, I don't even know what's actually happened in my life at this point. Like, I can't sort out <laughs> what has happened and what hasn't. It's frightening. It's very frightening. <laughs> like, if you've ever read any any uh, any stuff about um, memories when it comes to, like, witnesses on, on trial, oh. like, it's really, really, really scary. Pro tip, um, don't do anything illegal, ever. <laughs> don't get in trouble. Yeah. Don't, 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 you know, go on trial for anything because who freaking knows what people will think that they remember when it comes to anything. It is terrifying. And they can be it's com crazy. completely convinced that this thing happened and it's like, it didn't, but what are you going to do? It's crazy that at a certain point, and I, I think it's about 10 years, it seems to be, where you talk to people like high school friends, college friends, whatever, and it's been a sufficiently long time where you talk about this funny thing that happened and the two interpretations, yours and the friends, just take different paths. Like you attribute certain things to different people or one thinks it happened this way and the other thinks it happened that way. And both people are in 100% good faith believing that this is reality and you find out that it it just there are two realities here and when that started to happen when that started to happen in my life and it's happened with us talking about old stuff mm -hmm. um it really underscored to me how unreliable uh, history is and i wish i'd had a feeling and a sense of that when i was actually studying history because you look at a first-person account of something, a primary source of something, and there is honestly, like, no no way to know if that was the actual reality. Unless there are several different sources that corroborate the exact same thing, anything old is pretty much suspect. It's in question, and nobody 
tried to make that happen. They didn't go out of their way to lie. It's not about that. I think of so many things that I've said that weren't true that I've just plain twisted it in my head and and forgotten that <laughs> it's just like forgotten details that ended up, you know, mattering to the narrative of the thing. Uh, but it's it's crazy and it's unsettling. And I don't mean it in a conspiracy theorist way. If you don't if you haven't had that experience yet where you're talking to somebody about some old memory, this will absolutely happen to you. And it's a funny feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's coming. It's, just just wait till you get a little older. Like it's us. coming. <laughs> it's absolutely coming. And this goes into the last question from Baseweight, which is if you could take a piece of technology back to yourself in high school, what would it be? Probably um, some sort of music device. Like, you know, I was going to say MP3 player, but like that's not really a thing. But when I was in high school, I had to lug around. I loved listening to music, you know, between class and in study hall or whatever. <laughs> I always saw you with headphones, by the way. You know, we didn't talk in high school. Like, our paths didn't cross at all. But my visual memory of you is, like, music t-shirt, big jeans, and headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's accurate. Because I, I was always listening to music, and I would always lug around this gigantic portable... CD player that just chomped batteries like Cookie Monster eats chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> and Discman goes burr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you and then you have to bring your like CD book so that you can like change CDs. Yep. And oh my gosh, was it so clunky and and the CDs would skip if you you bumped the desk and it was horrible. So I was <laughs> you know really jealous jealous of kids who could just have a million different, you know, or have a Spotify account or have a million different albums downloaded to a tiny little iPod or their cell phone yeah. or whatever. Um, that's, that's a huge difference than, you know, my high school experience with the, the generic off brand CD player that I got for Christmas. And I think that has to be the rule here is that whatever technology you have, all the things that make that technology awesome have to come with it. So for example, you have this you have this portable music player but you also have the unlimited supply of mp3s that you can download in two seconds mm -hmm. um so i think that's the the common sense way to process this question for me it's it's my phone um you know it's an iphone i have a, an eight plus you know it's not uh cutting edge but uh what can i not do with my phone Assuming I'd be able to do those things. You know, I look things up on my phone constantly, all day long. Um, I'm looking up little tiny things and keeping tabs on on certain things. It used to be like back in, in high school, which is in the late 90s. For me, I remember waking up, waking up each day and checking my Hotmail account. Like it was something I didn't get to do maybe another time that day there's one shot at looking at the email that day and maybe you checked a few times a week well if you had something there worth seeing you may not know for days well with my phone if there's something worth seeing i know literally within 10 seconds of somebody pushing a button somewhere in the world mm -hmm. that's really cool so i have access to everything i have apps that 
that do so many things for me. I mean, when if you're in the Discord, I posted months ago uh, a whole bunch of Soviet uh, era industrial safety posters. Okay, I bought like 120 of these when I was in Ukraine, and uh, the you can tell from the artwork what's going on, like what the message is for that poster. That's like watch your hands with this machine that will mash them if you're not careful or don't wear open-toed shoes on the shop floor or like Chernobyl juice will splatter on them. Um, but the words on them, I can't read. Well, I, I took out my phone and used the Google Translate app to just translate, <laughs> translate the Russian uh, into English in for free in real time. Like it, it felt... I, I don't want to use the word magic, but it really felt like I had a magical device because there's just nothing like that in my life that has ever existed. And to be able to have something that did those kinds of things 25 years ago would have been pretty incredible. Yeah, so so major thanks to Baseweight for ending this episode with the most boomer quite like stories that we could possibly share like yeah. the amount of people listening oh, to this we, thinking like wow we just had a run <laughs> yeah we had a run of like oh of, of really boomer stuff didn't we <laughs> yeah it was really really epically boomer so that's what life oh. was like in the uh in the 1990s kids we'd usually do some kind of cool call to action that's like Hey, check us out here, whatever. You know what? After that, I just just hit unsubscribe. Save yourself. <laughs> Save like, yourself. <laughs> it's over. It's over. Go, go clean your garbage cans. Go paint your bathroom. Unring that bell. <laughs> <laughs> Unring yeah. the bell. Get a new white t-shirt. Get the sandwich out of your locker. Uh marvel at the power of 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 MP3 players. Uh, it's grim. It's grim, Kevin Lieber. It's and, grim. And uh, and and lament the fact that you can't remember anything or distinguish dreams from reality. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> oh God! All right, we'll see you. We'll see you in the Discord. Tell us about your Groundhog Days. Check us out at Patreon.com/slash/TheCreateUnknown. I I, a, I posted a picture of Matt's giant steak from our Royal Caribbean oh, yeah. uh, trip for the solar eclipse if you want to check out uh, a nice plate of meat. It felt good to see that again. It's been a few years since I've looked at that photo, and so, yeah, it, it tasted almost as good eating it with my eyes in 2020 <laughs> as it did chewing it in 2017. All right, that's it. We're done. We'll see you soon. We, we need to go. <laughs> Adios. We'd like to thank everybody who we talk to every day in the Discord, and especially the patrons who make this show happen. Thanks to our editor, Marcus Allen, and to associate producers Jeff Davis, Isaac Teal, Trev's Dead, James Gallagher, Baseweight, Andrew Stimson, Keaton Sample, Jesse Robertson, Boromir, Monsieur Chinchilla, Sean Malone, Jen Mafasanti, Kevin with an E, Menard, Monahem Yogurt 96, Fraken, and our newest addition, Mikhail. Thank you for signing up, Mikhail. We love it. Also, thanks to baby wrangling super producer Ben Webster. Thanks as well to Paula Lieber and the stunningly gorgeous Mo Lewitt, and to our very generous sponsor of every episode, Eagle Brand Sardines. 
The Create Unknown is a production of Unknown Media. Okay, bye.